1: to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin Vries, joining me as always, my good friend and partner in crime, Rob Langevin, although I said always, and you weren't here last week. But anyway, you're back! I'm back. I'm here. Are you back in a New York groove? Are you back in black? Mm, Are you back-to-back?
2: Back? I mean, I occasionally wear black. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in the suburbs of a New York groove. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the slightly less popular song, maybe they, they play it like acapella. They don't they don't go so so hardcore as the sweet version of Back in a New York roof. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, scheduling conflict last week. I was uh, subbed in for by an amicable, am, amiable, amiable. That's a good word. Mm-hmm. Amiable uh, John Wallen. Appreciate it, John. Thanks. Uh, but yeah, we're t minus three days. T minus three days. Nuts. It's, it's crazy. This crazy. this whole World Cup
1: into new Premier League season has been nuts, and it's even crazier considering that the deadline day is going to be this very Thursday. But we'll get to that in a second, because first, <laughs> Rob, we were both bemoaning something over the weekend I about a lot. Uh, <laughs> about the, the Manchester City rotation risk. Now, uh, I know uh, John came over to to Rasball and dropped some <laughs> wisdom on some folks over there. Um, about how, you know, the points are there. Even with rotation, cities' rotated Absolutely. players are still going to get more points than some players that are starting every week. But it continues to be a source of frustration. So we're kind of going to hit some bullet points here. And I'm curious to get your take on it. First of it
2: No what bullet you... points. I did a lot of research. We're going in depth here. We're breaking down minutes, points per minute. Go.
1: <laughs> okay. Bernardo Silva, are you buying into Pep's comments? that he is ahead of all the other players at Manchester City in terms of starting the season?
2: Do I believe it? Sure. Because if he said it, it's got to be sort of true. But I don't trust Pep farther than I can throw him because <laughs> you, we, we've we seen what he's done in the past, given uh, last year's injuries and then the absence of David Silva, what happened. Um, listen, Bernardo, is, is, he's a playmaker. City doesn't need him, but he's going to play. Um, given his price, seven point five, his low ownership right now, three point seven, that's crazy low. Mm-hmm. Um, given that what Pep has actually said, and it's going to be interesting these last two days to see if he actually jumps up above Mares at four point eight percent and above David Silva at five point five percent, and he's a cheaper option there. Um, this is the one. This is the one fallback that I don't like about the official game is that you know the rosters lock before the first game is even played, and we don't know the rest of the rosters. I wish that there was more of a little bit of a flexibility there. I'm, I know we can't change it now. I'm just I'm, – I'm basically yelling into – You know, in the, in the goal in the
1: game, you can wait until kickoff to change your teams.
2: Yeah, in most draft style games, you know, on fan tracks and, and the like, everywhere else, goal, you know, the formerly known Taga, I guess we'll call it. Um, the artist
1: formerly the, known as Taga. Yeah,
2: the artist formerly known <laughs> as draft style soccer. Um, yeah, I mean, from what I've seen of Bernardo Silva, he's – going to be very intrinsic on the on the build up for City like I said they don't really need them they have enough ability given you know De Bruyne, Asane, Silva, Silva, Mares, Sterling and then even their even their fodder guys are awesome I know Gundogan is is being rumored to be transferred out Phil Foden is shown out well very well in in the preseason games you know next time England's uh, goes to a youth team. I expect to see him in there. Um, but these aren't guys you're going to really roster. Gundogan, Foden, Brahim Diaz, uh, Zinchenko. They're not guys you're looking at here. You're looking at basically the first seven guys here. Um, but listen, if Pep's saying that Bernardo is going to be the most important part of that, I'm gonna. I have to believe him until I don't see it on the field. I've always been this whole this whole preseason. I've wondered where Mariz fit into this whole equation of you know, is he going to play more forward? Is he going to play it back? Maris um, isn't the best tracking back, defend, you know, defensive midfielder ever. Um, he basically doesn't play it. Um, all I know is for sure is when when you look at the the city lineup, there's two spots that are pretty much nailed in stone. The other three could probably go in a multitude of, of ways. De Bruyne is probably going to get the most minutes there. Fernandinho is probably going to get the second most minutes, and they'll probably be very close to 3,000 in both both of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Other than that, you know. When you, when you come up with another point here, I'm going to delve deeper into the, the city the city point structure and who you should be rostering and, and looking at and, and like that. So ask your next question, sir.
1: Okay, uh, just to, to, to wrap that up, I currently have Bernardo Silva in my team. Um, I initially was just holding on to 4.0 in the bank to start the season so that I could upgrade from Zaha or Wood. Uh, all the way to the Aguero-Obameyang class, Mm -hmm. Um, or Bernardo Silva up to De Bruyne, in case he's back and ready for week two. But after the match on Sunday, I was a lemming and went and Aguero chased. So he is currently in my team, but... A lot of
2: people did, and you have every right to.
1: Yeah, but then we had uh, Richard, who's a fantastic uh, writer in Manchester, come on and talk about Manchester City. And he guessed that Aguero not only will not get the majority of starts over Gabriel Jesus this season, he said he thinks it'll be in the teens. He said he wow. thought, uh, if pressed, uh, admittedly, he didn't just volunteer this. I, I kind of chased him on this. Um, he said, if pressed, Gabriel Jesus, he thinks, will get 22 starts. Aguero will get 16.
2: Wow. I'd like to see where he's. Is he just guessing at this, or yeah. is he getting yeah, yeah, it yeah. from?
1: In- yeah, just just from <clears throat> his,
2: uh, you know. You know, I could see. I don't have the entire city schedule in front of me. You know, when they, when they go, when they play quick, quick turnaround games, when they're in the Champions League, um, FA Cup games. Um, I don't know, like the days off in between. Mm-hmm. But I mean, considering that last year we saw, you know, City basically when it when the, the calendar flips and you're in January, they basically start playing you know, basically two games a week every week for the next 16 weeks. So, and then sometimes it's even three in 10 days. So, because of the FA Cup games and the other games that they compete in 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 ulterior tournaments. So, I mean, that's not a crazy, crazy thing to do. I mean, but 22 starts, that's, you know, 22 starts and then you get maybe another 15 subs, substitution appearances. So you're still looking at, you know, you know, 2,000, 20, 20, 2,200 minutes for Aguero. Mm-hmm. That's that's not anything to sneeze at because in 2,200 minutes, he could do tons of damage.
1: Right. And he did last year.
2: Yeah, exactly. It
1: just it just makes his star a little less bright in the fantasy sphere. Um, well, you said it, you had like, a lot more stuff you wanted. Oh,
2: to, uh-huh. Totally, totally. No, go ahead. Yeah, you said I mean, there was a lot more stuff you yeah. wanted
1: to talk about about Manchester City. The next point I had here was Kevin De Bruyne, and if you trust him week one, but I feel like that'll be an easy segue into whatever all you wanted to get off your chest.
2: Yeah, so so basically, when when you're looking at your at the city and you want to have city involvement, you know everybody jumped on Aguero. Um, they they don't know what the the news is on De Bruyne if he's coming back week two, week three, whatever. Um, so basically. This, this is just this a simple math. I'm not a math person. Kevin knows it. If anybody's listened to this show, I suck at math. But for some reason, I did math today. So City plays with a 4-5-1-ish kind of amoeba, whatever. You know, They have guys that play forward but are classified as midfielders in this game. So for, for this podcast, we're going with that they play a 4-5-1 because they're only going to have one forward that is attainable from your official game roster, Aguero, or, or Jesus, on the, on the starting roster, and then you're going to have five midfielders. So just bear with me. So there were five starting spots up for grabs at City. At 3,420 minutes, that's a full season, that is 17,100 minutes total for five spots of midfielders. Okay? So last year, I'm just going to run these down for you. It, it's It's going to be awful radio or listening right now because I'm going to spew off a bunch of numbers, but I'll try to slow it down so it makes sense. So last year... De Bruyne played 3,073 minutes, the most of any, any midfielder for, for City. Mm-hmm. Fernandinho played 2,880 minutes. Raheem Sterling played 2,548 minutes. Riyad Mahrez for Leicester played 2,948 minutes. Uh, Leroy Sané played 2,415 minutes. Uh, David Silva played 2,431 minutes. And Bernardo Silva only played 1,510 10 minutes. So when you break that down, and base that off of the seventeen thousand one hundred. You know, I just made random guesstimate of what I thought these those seven players would attain this year to get to that seventeen thousand one hundred, because I think those seven guys are going to get the majority of that seventeen thousand minutes, because that's all that you can play. I mean, yeah, bonus time, you know, extra time does goes count, but it doesn't because guess what, ties count. So. So basically, I figured it out that De Bruyne is going to have about 3,000. He's probably going to be about on the same pace as last year. Fernandinho, 2,800, probably about the same. Sterling, 2,600. I gave him a little bit more. It stole from De Bruyne and Fernandinho. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sané's 2,400. I think that he'll probably duplicate minute-wise what he did last year because I think that Pep would want to keep him and his his spring and his step available for the Champions League games and other games like that. Uh, David Silva, I I, I bumped him down 400 minutes to 2,000. And Bernardo Silva, I bumped up to 1800. And then the, the wild card in this whole thing is that Riyad Mahrez wasn't in this equation last year. He had 2,900 minutes for, for Lester last year. Yeah. So, but I don't, I don't think he gets 2,900 minutes in this midfield. I think I put him at 2,500. So based on those numbers and how that, so basically if you add up all those numbers, it's basically 17,000. I, I took off a hundred because I'm a good friend and I figure everything out. So based off those numbers of what I thought, think they'll play. So the minutes last year, and then the points that they scored. So I'm just going to give you an example here. And like I said, this is going to be awful radio, but if you slow it down and listen to it, it makes complete sense on a point per minute basis. Kevin, who is the highest scoring midfielder points per minute in the mid, in the Manchester City midfield?
1: From last year or this coming year? From
2: last year, from last year.
1: Ooh. Is it going to be something silly like Bernardo?
2: No, it's not. Okay. It's, it's it's Raheem Sterling. Okay. He that makes he sense. gets he gets 0.089 points per minute based on his minutes. So basically, what I'm trying to you know prove here is that yes, last year's points matter, but minutes this year, based on what points that they're going they they garnered last year, are still going to be there even though I basically took away almost 100 minutes from each player. You know, De Bruyne this year, De Bruyne last year, 0.068 points per minute. You know, I mean, there's still tons of value. Do you think City's going to score 100 goals again this year, Kev? Nope. No, but I guarantee they probably get within 10% of it.
1: Oh well, yeah.
2: They're going to score 90. I mean, so basically, based on my on last year's minutes and the points that they scored, when you break that down, it, it goes Raheem Sterling first, Leroy Sané second, Bernardo Silva third, Kevin De Bruyne fourth, and then you have uh, Sané fifth, and Morrez would be sixth, and then obviously Fernandino, because he's not a scorer, is is trailing based on points per minute, based off of last year. So, given the given the minutes that they're going to have to break down, there's still a ton of ton of value. Just just for comparison's sake, I took the other three highest scoring midfielders last year: Erickson, Salah, and I threw in Eden Hazard because he's a big name. People are questioning whether he's going to be, you know, in or he should be rostered. Erickson on a point per minute was oh sixty-one. He would be se- he'd be sixth on on Manchester City based on minutes and points scored. Mosala would be one, mm. obviously. He scored 303 points last year. Yeah. He had an unfathomable season. He basically scored 0.104 points per minute, which is just crazy to think about because he went sick. And Hazard is 0.071. Yet he, he ended the season last year at 173. And he finished in the in the mid 2000s for for minutes. So the point I'm trying to prove here is Given their, given the city prices, you know De Bruyne at 10 million, Sane 9.5, David Silva 8.5, Mares 9.0, Sterling 11.0. There is tons of tons of value when you compare it to other players. You know the league average per points per minute is is 0.048. Oh wow. That is the that is the league average in points per minute. So basically, one, two, three, four, almost four city players double that on a point per minute basis. Yeah, so, it's not as though
1: people didn't know that City were really good, but it's interesting no. to hear put in that context.
2: You know, when you when you break it down on a point per minute basis, I know I know prices are dictating how many of these you guys you can roster as well. But I I was thinking so, something crazy out of the box. You know, given their their mad rotation there, and everybody wants to own, everybody you have to own a City asset here. I'm sorry if you go into the season and you don't own a City asset at all, or if you're in a Manchester League and you can't own, you're a United fan and you can't own a, a City player. You're gonna lose by a lot because city guys are where it's at. Whether whether you own Sterling because you think he's gonna repeat on last year, or you know when you jump on K- KDB when he comes back from the one or two or three games, whatever he's gonna miss in the beginning of the year, you know, I, I'm actually a proponent of doubling up on your Man, Man City uh, midfielders, whether it be De Bruyne and Silva, Sane and Silva. Even from I the think, start. A- absolutely, because you know why? I think that you keep the one city, the extra city guy that you're not starting as your first sub so when they don't start your city your city start your city midfielder automatically gets put back in yeah uh, i know i know it's a i know it's a ginormous pill to swallow and nobody likes having a you know it'd probably be bernardo silva because he's the cheapest there at 7.5 it's a tough pill to, to swallow when you when you look at other teams and, and people posting their teams on twitter and they look you look at their bench it's a it's a 4.0 or 4.5 keeper you know a 4.0 defender a 4.5 midfielder and a 5.5 striker on their bench and then you have a 7.5 it's a tough tough pill to swallow when you think about man am I really going to have a 7.5 you know midfielder not start every week but in comparison you're 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 helping yourself better because if if De Bruyne doesn't start or David Silva doesn't start and Mares doesn't start but you're rostering them and you have Bernardo Silva as your first sub you're automatically getting in to that flux of points that City is gonna gonna give you. I've Mm -hmm. given you the points of return, I've given you the league average for for players over 2,000 minutes. It's, listen, you're gonna get gains from owning City midfielders, whether it's one or two. Listen, everybody wants to own Aguero because of the goals, fine. Everybody wants to maybe own a City defender because the discrepancy between uh, the the top six and the bottom 14 defensively is just just astronomically skewed because the the top six teams, they, they outscore the bottom 14 teams by almost thirty percent defensively because of the clean sheets.
1: Yeah, um, and, and just to wrap up with City in defense right now, I think the defender you can trust the most is Laporte because he played seven of the last ten matches last year, and he was the only one that didn't have to go a World Cupping. Uh, agree or disagree?
2: Uh, yes. If if push comes to shove, and I had to own one City defender, it it would be Laporte. You know, Mendy is the the bell of the ball right now. He's getting all the love because. Pep has talked him up to high heaven saying that he's the most important uh, part of their, you know, their scheme or whatever. And he's going to use them in any way possible to, you know, and and that's great. But at 6.0, I'd rather save the five cents and then or 50 cents or whatever and and grab another stout defender from another team because you want multiple involvement in the top six rather than the bottom 14.
1: All right, fair enough. Uh, We're going to take a little bit of an early break here, let you digest all those numbers and everything, and they'll be right back to talk all of the transfers that have been happening.
2: All of them.
0: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com.
1: crazy banana pants as we wind down uh, to the transfer deadline um today in particular there are three uh quick moves that were pulled um we'll just gauge your fantasy interest in each of them I assume that the Lerma deal to Bournemouth is the least interesting to you
0: uh
2: yeah I mean he basically is what they already have there he's not even, I don't think he's any better, you know better or different than ryan Frazier or uh, or junior Stanislaus.
1: Well, he won't play as far forward uh, well, as Open yeah, central midfield. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I, I really don't think there's much here. Now, the second most interesting I found today is Callum Chambers. And the reason he's interesting is because of the dearth of decent 4.5 options in this year's Premier League game. He goes to Fulham, which, Rob, as we kind of discussed before the show, joins up with Alfie Mawson. That should be a pretty decent, if not young, center-back pairing. They have Jean-Michel Serri protecting them. Uh, from deep midfield, I, I I just am kind of thinking that this Fulham thing might be a thing, and then that might make uh, Chambers useful for stretches of the season.
2: Yeah, at four dot five, I mean he he, you know he molds well right into your 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 punt defender if if you're not going the, the Aaron Juan bissaka or John Benaric route on defense, <laughs> which is basically everyone's you know four dollar defenders. Um, I just worry about the the cohesiveness that that. That forms with with Fulham real quick right now, you know. Because they're all new pieces. Yeah, Mawson is, is is injured and he's not actually taking he's not partaking in too much of training. Um, the other parts there, you know, Tim, uh, Tim Ream, never trust an American defender in the Premier League, you know. And everybody else is basically you know fodder. You're not really trusting a Fulham defender. At, you're not gonna. You're definitely not investing more than one. Um, so basically, it's it's Callum Chambers or Alfie Mawson as your as your punt. On the if you're if you want to get involved in the in the Fulham defense, um, but like I said, right off the bat, I probably wouldn't trust it. I'd rather I'd rather be fooled by not getting points off of Fulham, and then rather own own them and try to trust them because, like I said, I think the cohesiveness and their their fixtures to the begin the year: Crystal Palace, Spurs, Burnley, Brighton, Man City. You could probably wait till after the Man City fixture, and then after that, you'll know who's who and what is what.
1: Yeah. Then the, the one that I find the most interesting today, and it's largely because I was very high on Chris Wood and actually had him in my team initially, is that Burnley have gone and signed uh, Matej, Matej, Madi Vidra, <laughs> um, uh, who, of course, is coming up from the championship to join them. He actually led all players in the championship uh, in goals with 25, actually next to Bobby Reed, who went to Cardiff, who nobody's really paying attention to. And I feel mm-hmm. like I should have mentioned somewhere by now, but I don't think I have. You just Um, did, Bobby Reid. I just did. Yeah, so anyway, Cardiff aren't going to create anything, but he scored 25 goals in the championship last year, which, again, level with Vidra, who now goes to Burnley, who Mm -hmm. themselves don't really create that many chances, and will have the Europa League to deal with this year, which um, we were actually speaking with a Burnley fan on the show on Sunday. And he was saying, you know, Burnley have had this incredible run of of being one of the healthiest, fittest teams in the Premier League, although the big Mm -hmm. Robbie Brady injury... Last year hurt that, as did uh, Heaton, or it was supposed to before Pope stepped in. But obviously, with the, this ramping up in fixtures, um, that might be a bit of an issue. We may see some rotation. But what do you think about Vidra at Burnley?
2: Uh, I. This is not unlike any other year where we've seen the, the previous leading scorer come up, and they he's they're always on a either on their existing team where they the transition to the Premier League isn't as you know smooth goal-scoring-wise, that they don't produce what they did in the championship. Um, like I said, it's always a, an 80% of what you got there, but 80% of of 25 goals, that's still 20. So, I mean, if, if Vidra scores 20 goals in the Premier League, Burnley is a top-16. <laughs> Simple as that. But the other the other thing, interesting thing is I'm, I'm interested to see where his price point comes in because you have Barnes there at 6.0. You have Chris Wood, like you said, at 6.5. If he comes in at 6.0, he opens a new can of worms on the, fo- the cheap forward ranks when you look at pricing because once you get down into the 6.0 range, you're basically into the into the Callum Wilson, basically useless guys, Callum Wilson, Jermaine Defoe, Barnes, like I mentioned, Steve Mounier, Ian Nacho, who's actually done well in the preseason, Sturridge, Muto, Rondon is a new, new addition as well. Um, it, it becomes very interesting for that – it basically takes down – the third striker not down a notch it was at 6.5 now it goes down to 6.0 because you have another intangible guy who could play up top because Burnley at times does play two at the top you know we've seen it went with with Barnes and and Vokes play up top or could be you know Vokes and and Wood or Wood and Vidra it could be any any of the two but they do like to play two at the top sometimes so I mean from that kind of value I mean Burnley isn't gonna isn't gonna create a ton but I tell you who the one guy that that Makes more sense for if you're looking for a cheap play on the Burnley side. How about how about Good Munson at six. now now yeah. that he has an additional playmaker up top, I mean he's getting zero love from the from the ownership. He's got two point three percent. This is a guy who scored one hundred and seventeen points last year for a Burnley guy that for a Burnley squad that that, that finished in what the bottom six in scoring. Goals, I believe bottom seven yeah they,
1: they weren't great
2: <laughs> yeah they were better defensively that think you know Burnley isn't going to outscore a player a opponent by more than three all season but you know ones and twos still count as long as you roster the right guys at the right time I think I think good Munson is is a good is a good sneaky 6.0 midfielder right now given what they've done with the Vidra, and maybe if they want to go to a double-headed uh you know attack I think that you know good Munson could be could be a sneaky play there
1: yeah, and my uh, attack rankings, which are, are a mixture of all the stats you'll ever hear me talking about on this show, mm-hmm. they were 18th yeah, in eight. in composite Sorry. attack, which yeah. isn't great. Um, so those were the big ones today. Uh, we'll get through a, a few of these somewhat quickish. Uh, that have been happening over the last week since we recorded. Um, Solomon Rondon moves to Newcastle. For me, this isn't too big a deal. He's averaged eight goals and three assists over the last three seasons because one season he did seven goals and three assists, one season he did eight goals and three assists, and one year he did nine goals and three assists. Um, So pretty consistent there. He's never scored more than 118 points. Are you any more interested now that he's at Newcastle than you were in him at West Brom last year?
2: No, you have to ask yourself this one question: If you're interested in Alexander Mitrovic, then you're probably in the Solomon Rondon business because I I could see them just mirroring each other mm. goal-wise for the entire year. You know, both maybe, in total maybe, and that they'll all be headed. Yeah, maybe Max, maybe Max in a dozen, floor of eight. You know, they're going to be in that eight to twelve goal scored range. Max, maybe maybe you want to go crazy and think they get hot, maybe fifteen is the is the most they could score but that that'd be just that's crazy but i you know 12 is a good number to put on for both of those and you know 12 from a 12 from a value striker like that isn't awful but like i think there's other, i think there's better bargains at the 6.5 7.0 range yeah it's worth noting what
1: did he come in at 6.0 Rondón Rondón
2: Rondon is 6.0 yeah
1: yeah which which is kind of crazy he will go on a, a stretch at yeah, some does, point this yeah he's he's a
2: spurt He's spurty.
1: Right. And I think he, he's had a hat trick each of the last two seasons, mm-hmm. um, which, the, which if you consider that he's never scored more than nine goals in a season, is kind of crazy scoring a third of his goals in a match. Um, but anyway, yeah. just, just uh, had to well, note what do you, that what one. Do you, what
2: mm-hmm. do you think Newcastle does up top then? Do you think that, that Mudo and R- Rondon play next to each other or do you think, it's, think... A, it's a... I do think Muto starts
1: at the start of the season. I think it's I think it's Rondon and his Premier League experience. And then we might see Muto brought in, Kennedy on nope. the left, and I guess still Richie on the right. I don't know. Mm. I'm not I'm not too terribly excited about what Newcastle are doing. Um, returning to the scene of the Vidra crime, um, Burnley have also made a couple other signings lately. Uh, one, Ben Gibson, very solid mm-hmm. signing. He was one of the best uh, defenders at Middlesbrough the year that they were top ten in defense and. Very, very bad everywhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, They also bring in Joe Hart, which obviously did not go well for West Ham last season. But, and we kind of joked about this in the pre-show, if there was any club that could rehabilitate
2: an English goalkeeper, would it not be Burnley? Oh, 100%. I mean, listen... The the way that they're hurting right now, Joe Hart looks like you know the Bell. You know the starter uses again, but he looks like the the, the best looking girl at two a.m. on Burnley. Yeah, and he he could
1: rack up some points. I mean, this Burnley defense is a very good one, um, and all made all the better by bringing in Gibson because that means when um, one of them gets hurt, it won't be Kevin Long, who while a four dot cheap option last year. Also, he's not very good at uh, football. Yeah. So or soccer, depending on yeah. where you're listening to the show I mean, from.
2: Ber- Burnley's defense of of Me Ward is out right now. I guess Tarkowski Torkow- is a starter, and Gibson. Mm-hmm. Seems like a lot of center field, center midfielder, center defenders to me. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Most of those guys are center center based. Yeah. You know, Steve. Steve, we're waiting for. I think Stephen Ward is is probably the best value play there because of what probably. we saw offensively. From and because him. they're all
1: the same price.
2: Yeah, literally. But I'm saying, <laughs> like, I'm saying for return, yeah. At I want the I want the guy going the guy going forward.
1: Yeah. And we have had this whole defender assists versus goals argument a trillion times, and we could do it a trillion more. Um, but uh, we'll leave we'll leave them there. Next up. Uh, Ghazal moves to Leicester, whose transfer policy seems to be, Algerians are good, right? Um, they bring in him to replace Mahrez. Um Just a fun little stat. Uh, two goals and three assists last year. Um, which isn't great. Admittedly, only had seven starts. Um, and his two goals did come in, those seven starts. The assists, weirdly, just <laughs> happened in every match he didn't start. Which That's is crazy. just a, a weird, not
2: really helpful, but <laughs> piece of information. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he changes uh, the fourth president's status on Lester. <laughs>
1: I'd agree. But I will say, kind of like with Bobby Reed earlier, we
2: haven't really talked
1: about uh, James Madison at all. We've been talking mm-hmm. about all the other uh, promoted players like your Sassanians and then obviously Diogo Jota is somebody that we've talked about a lot already. Um, we can talk about his
2: wife's ice cream. It's really good.
1: all right um it's worth noting though uh that james madison uh had as many goals as hota last year and or is that right hold on i don't think that's right Uh, checking no he did not he had 14 goals last year but he had 21 goals and assists which is combined goals and assists obviously which was level with sassenon and one less than hota and he's getting like no coverage at all. And he is he is dinged up a little bit right now. We're not sure he's going to start the season. But while we're on Leicester, I just felt like we should give a little love to uh, our fourth president.
2: We should give more love to Mark Albrighton at 5.5.
1: You think? I, I'm Great. still torn between the whole him versus Gray thing. Unless you think one of them is moving to that right side.
2: One of them is moving to the right side. Whether I, And I think Albrighton is the guy to naturally do that. I don't think they would take Gray... Away from his more dominating side because yeah. speed is Gray's game and, and the yep. ability to get past players. I yep. think Albrighton could play, play right, left, or center if if they needed him to be, needed him to.
1: True, and it would be worth keeping an eye on who takes those corners, because it very well could be Albrighton who has a fantastic it, ball in him. It could also be Fuchs if he actually wins his job, but we're not super sure that's gonna be what happens it, yet. So it it could be someone completely different. It could. and
2: Mark only Mark Albrighton knows.
1: <laughs> Mark Albrighton knows all. Um now back to Fulham, uh, Max Meyer, they signed from Schalke, kind of. Uh, he was actually um, on a free transfer. Now, this was supposed to be one of the brightest prospects in world football a couple years back, a common trend in this Premier League window. Um, but he was forced to play deeper last season, uh, played 24 Bundesliga matches, had an incredible zero goals and zero assists. That's Yet. Great. I still Stop. contend he's better than Jason Punchin. Deal with it. And I think Crystal Palace are going to have a bit of an attacking resurgence this season. What do you think about Max Meyer?
2: Mm, I want to see how he, he develops into the Premier League play. You know, Bundesliga, and he we saw him. He struggled there because basically he peaked like four years ago. He was basically like, you know, on a rocket ship to start him four years ago because of what he did in the in the youth tournament. Um yeah, I want to see how he gels with the team. Uh, you know, Milivojevic is not knotted on there. Townsend is knotted on. MacArthur is probably knotted on as well. Then you bring in the new guy, uh, Kiyote, uh, Chick. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I'm i trying to see a spot for him right off the bat, depending on how offensive, you know, Crystal wants to go. Because you still have Zaha there. You still have Benteke, Um You got the Norwegian uh, Goliath Sorluth. And, you know, I. I think Max Meyer is this year's Connor Wickham from 10 years ago when Connor Wickham was being touted as a great prospect. I'm kidding. I'm only kidding. (laughs) Um, uh, We'll shift now to
1: Everton, who have signed Lucas Digne. Um, Was it Barcelona? People will probably recognize the name just because of the profile. Um, Only had 14 starts last season, just four clean sheets there. No goals or assists for him either. But it is worth noting that Everton have a very kind start to their season. Uh, So we'll we'll use Dine as kind of an entry point to just talk about this Everton defense on the whole. Because Ashley Williams also left. um, Which means that there are probably two spots. They're going to miss him,
0: dude. It's
1: crazy. (laughs) Um, Not emotionally or defensively, but maybe in some other ways. Um, So the question is, whoever wins those spots, are you interested in them just because they're part of an Everton defense that, while not very good last season... Does have very favorable matchups to start the year.
2: Uh, listen, Everton is interesting. I just don't know how much defensively I'm going to buy into it. The the Dinier signing is a is a just a giant flag in front of Leighton Baines's face. That listen, you got to do some stuff, or you're going to get replaced. Um, Michael Key needs a backup. Uh, you know, a bounce back season. Believe it or not, I think Elka at four dot five is a phenomenal value because I think he's I think he's going to center that defense because they need some kind of veteran there um coleman on the other opposite side we know what coleman is whether he gets back to you know pre-leg break this year or maybe halfway through the year something to keep an eye on but but dinier is definitely a, a flag and and anybody who owns leighton baines right now faced you know 1.8 percent is is leighton baines ownership dinier is 2.2 so i think there's some belief that the that he's already taken out taken over him um you know everybody needs some solidity in the back and uh Keen needs a bounce back like i said like Jagielka at 4.5, I don't see any other person there that's going to start over him to start the season. It's not It's yeah. not going to be Kuko Martinez. It's not going to be John Joe Kenny. Uh, Thomas Morey is
1: Co- out. Obviously, yeah. Ashley
2: Williams is out. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not Mason Holgate. They're they're wing players. Coleman's a wing player. John Joe so jo Kenny. Care, Holgate was originally a center back. Yeah. Before they kept been...
1: playing him, a right back, just, now he's just basically as a thought. Wing.
2: Yeah. I mean, but but when you look at the defense, Kevin, Who's gonna play next to Keen in the middle? it's gotta be Jag Yelker right now.
1: Yeah, you would assume. Um yeah.
2: I think the I think the battle is more Baines, Digne, Coleman early season fitness to the what we saw at of John Joe Kenny last mm-hmm.
1: year. Yeah, although you'd assume uh, Coleman will eventually win that job easily and he should oh, have cool. his own value later oh. on. Hey, um also, uh, Crystal Palace. Oh, I wrote down Kuyate. That doesn't matter. He's a defensive midfielder and Target doesn't exist anymore. We're very sad about yeah. it, but that's just, that's just how it do. Um, so now, uh, let's, let's get a little hypothetical on, on some folks. Um, let's ha- let's m- hypothesize. Moves, moves that are allegedly close. We won't get into the likelihood of them. We'll just get into the potential fantasy impact because you won't hear from us in between deadline day and when rosters will have locked already. Um, Toby Alderweireld. There's nobody else interested other than Manchester United. Would you be confident owning him regardless of where he ends up because he'd either be in the Tottenham defense or the United defense?
2: Um, What is he, 6'5? I would assume Surprise. so. Maybe not. He did miss no, a No, he's of 6.0. Everybody's okay. 6.0 on, on, yeah. on Spurs. Yeah, at 6.0, I mean, he's. Mm. I mean, United did lead the league last year in clean sheets. If he goes there, it's basically like a mutual swap him for, I guess, Phil Jones. Uh, um, Yeah, I mean, at 6.0, you kind of have to take notice, but he'd be your your premium defender. But if if buying into premium defense is your thing, then you probably are looking for someone who probably plays a wing, gets more assists, does things like that. And you're probably looking at, at Andrew Roberts.
1: Yeah, whose ownership is now so high that I actually shifted off of him because I was like, all right, this, this yeah. is getting a little crazy. Yeah. Um, the other side of a potential swap deal that I don't personally see happening, but again, that's not the point of this, is Anthony Martial theoretically going back in the Toby Alderville deal to Tottenham. Again, don't see that happening, but on the fantasy nope. side, if Martial goes to Tottenham, are you interested?
2: Um, well, then it starts bringing into the, the play on minutes. Who's going to play how many minutes? how many minutes is Martial going to etch out into that system is he going to play as many minutes as son is he going to steal from other guys you know on the ball capabilities like Erickson assist wise it, it's a it's a question mark I probably wouldn't right off the bat I probably wouldn't even look at Anthony Martial
1: okay and if he ended up at Chelsea your beloved Chelsea would he be interesting there Do you, do you think he'd be a guaranteed starter if he was there
2: I'd buy I'd buy ten Anthony Martial's if he was at Chelsea because Chelsea's the team they're the best. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I I don't see I don't I like I said I I don't care where Martial goes. I want to see him not be what we saw at United somewhere else first. He's he's the guy we, we coined this phrase a lot. I'd rather be you know late than you know too early. He's the guy. I'd rather have him do stuff. And then he jump on the wagon two weeks later, then buy into him two weeks too soon, and then just you know he'd be gone basically before you he you reap the benefits of what he did. Yeah, Um, yeah, I got one for you. I got one for you. What do do you what do you think if the Adama Traore move goes through?
1: Okay, I've seen a lot of people talking about um, his dribble efficiency. Well, yeah, is, this
2: isn't
1: Taga, I know, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. it's fine. And and he he is very fast, and he's very good in one, 1v1s. The problem is, he's like literally a crap Aaron Lennon. Like, yeah. once he beats anyone, he has no idea what to do. He's, okay, this might seem harsh. He's barely a footballer. He's basically a track star that somebody put a ball in front of and told him to figure out what to do with it. And then he didn't. Like, I have... Very, very little time for Adama Traore in in an official fantasy game.
2: Yeah, I mean, like I think it's a good analogy. He's like Usain Bolt with a soccer ball.
1: Who just signed for an Australian
2: team today. Yep, yep. (laughs) Hey, good segue, Rob. Um, Yeah, I, I don't know what people love about him. He's basically... He's like a forty percent Wilfred Zaha is what he is, football wise.
1: Yeah, uh, or uh one Yannick Belasi.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's Yannick he's Yannick Belasi without the cool haircuts.
1: Yeah, um See, so, so, yeah, I'm I'm not very excited about Adama Troyore. Um I just noticed that I'm super leaning towards deals that are close to our two clubs, I assume just because I'm more aware of them. Um but Chelsea sounds like uh are close to getting uh Kepa Arz- yeah. from Athletico Bilbao. Um, sounds like the the idea is that you'll sign you'll pay his release clause, then Thibaut Courtois will be free to off <laughs> to Madrid at some point. Good riddance,
2: um, friggin' Master uh, Blaster. He looks like Master Blaster from uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome.
1: <laughs> he also looks like my friend Tom McGookin, but. Don't worry
2: about that. <laughs> I, know, I feel bad for your friend Tom. <laughs> oh flames
1: um, <laughs> so anyway, he is a very good goalkeeper again at Bilbao has a very high profile Real Madrid themselves were interested in him um, in the winter window. Um, what do you think about the Chelsea defense on the whole and what would you think about bringing in a first year goalkeeper like that?
2: Uh, I never I never really trust trusted the Chelsea goalie as a, even a Chelsea supporter. Um listen, I wouldn't own I wouldn't own courtois at his price, so I don't think that would change too much, given that I would jump over to you know the new goalkeeper who could be just as good as courtois or worse, basically if he's rated rated the same or less, you know 5.5 to spend on a keeper is is crazy pants. Um, listen, keep it keep it to under 9.0 on your keeper and you'll be fine for the whole season. Find two4.5 guys and rotate around. You'll luck into more clean sheets than and save points than you will with rostering a 6.0 or Ederson or mm. you know looking going that way.
1: Yeah, well, you could just get a 6.0 and a non-existent 3.0. but yeah, your- or,
2: <laughs> shoot the three.
1: <laughs> um, also, allegedly heading to Chelsea soon, Real Madrid are going to allow again, allegedly. Uh, going to allow Kovacic to join Chelsea kind of answers where that third piece is in the Chelsea midfield. But again, not a super attacking player. What do you think the fantasy impact would be there? Would it benefit the front three because now they just get to save forward all the time? Or do you have any actual interest in Kovacic?
2: Well, it would benefit it from the standpoint that Ross Barkley wouldn't be on the freaking pitch.
1: <laughs> yep, it sure would. Also, um, we talked with a Chelsea fan on Twitter today. Stop hogging all the central midfielders. Like, we we, need one of those. And you were like Barkley. And for a while, you were also after Grealish. And now it sounds like you're going for Kovacic. Like, chill. You've bought four in the last 12 months. You're
2: about to bring in a fifth. We'll give you drink water.
1: Great. To be fair, he's a human being that plays
2: central midfield. And that's the bar that I've lowered at this particular point in time. What do you think preseason wise? Uh, uh, I I I don't know how much Chelsea footage you've seen or, or what you think, but mm. the get the guy on Chelsea that's got a little helium right now is Hudson Adoy.
1: Yeah, he does have a little helium, but I, he plays where Hazard plays. So like,
2: uh, yeah, no, I know, but mm. Luke him or him or Lucas Torreira from Arsenal.
1: Neither, because Torreira's a holding
2: midfielder. I know, but he's getting playing time.
1: He is. That's true. Are, are both of them at the same price or something? Is that what you're doing well, this to 4.5 me? Four dot
2: five and five They're they're perfect punts. Midfielders.
1: Gotcha. Um, yeah, I, I actually don't really mind those if you're looking for those punts. They currently have Stevens in at 4.5, but I don't really like where my team's at right now, and we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, my team is all thumbs um, right now. But uh, I, Terrera will probably start 20 plus matches. Yeah. Hudson Adoy maybe 10 plus. So mm. just on, on that, but I do think Hudson Adoy would be more dangerous when he plays. But he was, he was. Uh, he kind of had that a young sterling factor a little bit and especially so, in the the community shield where so he was Terraris... constantly either thinking too much or too little
2: yeah that happens yeah i he mean, Guad- ju- Guad- Guad- has play been, been playing well in the preseason as well so i mean mm-hmm. listen there's arsenal supporters that, that that listen to this podcast i got to get i got to mention there? their name a couple of times i mean we don't really acknowledge them because they're like <laughs> the little the stupid yellow headed kid in the back with blonde gypsy uh <laughs> So do you think you think Terreiro start next next starts next to Shaka then?
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: There goes there goes all my Mohamed El Nenny shares down the
1: drain. <laughs> well, I mean, Ramsey will obviously be what complicates this, but didn't he get hurt again? I feel like I saw that he, somewhere. What, tiny shoes? He, <laughs> yeah, probably. He sneezed too hard. <laughs> he should know better by now. AA um, Ron Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um then uh I'll wrap up potential transfers with the Grealish one, which has basically been the only one. That Tottenham fans have been hearing about this whole time, um, he wouldn't play if he comes to us, so don't worry about it.
2: Yeah, it's not even close.
1: <laughs> yeah, like like I was saying, if Martial comes, I can't guarantee him playing time. And you think Grealish is gonna walk into this 11 yeah, not so much. Um, all right, that'll wrap up this little transfer segment. Now I want to talk to you a little bit about strategy before we head out of here. Last year,
2: Are, can you sing it like the Bee Gees? Mm-hmm. Strategy. <laughs>
1: That's all I got. I don't need to. You nailed it. Um, Last season, you were kind of preaching strong defense first. Yeah. And that was backed up by the end of the season. that As a a value group, defenders Mm -hmm. tended to be at the top of that chart. And a lot of them, to be fair. It wasn't just like one or two. (laughs) Are you still uh, preaching that ideology? Or are you backing away a little bit from the the big six defenders this year?
2: Here. This this has gone on for more than one year. It wasn't just last year. The, the top flight teams, the top 6 and then the bottom 14, the top 6 defenders score more. They they cost more but they they give you more points. I'm going to run down the last year's best point scorers from the top and from the top down. Kevin, you stop me when I get to a you stop me when I get to a bottom bottom 14 mm-hmm. team, ready. Ready? As Pula Cueta, Alonso, Oda Mende, Valencia, Davis, Walker, Vertonghen, Bellerin, Moses, Monreal, Smalling, Cresswell. Oh, Cresswell. That, yeah. Yeah. That's 14. And 14th. he had like,
1: didn't he have seven assists?
2: That's 14th. Yeah. And he wasn't even cheap. He's still 5'5 for a West Ham team that was absolutely poo. <laughs> well said. No, it's, it's um, a very good point. You know, and then even the secondary defenders on the best teams, you, you run, you have a little, you have a little Cresswell, McGuire, Jamal Lasells are the, the three in the top twenty that are, that are are the best scores for defense. Yeah, I said it before when I was talking about the city defense. The the top six defensive teams score thirty percent more points than the bottom fourteen defenders. <laughs> yes, they cost thirty percent more most times, but yeah. is the money worth it? Would you rather pay the extra dollar for fifty plus points, or would you rather save a dollar and get fifty less points?
1: Yeah, um, is that philosophy currently reflected in your draft?
2: It is 100 percent.
1: Interesting. Alright, well, uh, as I said, there's still deadline day left to come. I'm still not a huge fan of my team, but we'll lead in with you starting at the back with with your uh, defensive love. Who is currently in your draft for FPL?
2: Uh, My goalies, I still have the $9 and under bunch. I got Fabianski and Patricio. I don't see any reason there. They rotate nicely. They got Mm -hmm. good matchups for the beginning, good matchups in the middle. You can rotate off of them when you need to. That's all that matters for me. And that's all that should matter for your goalies. Uh, and the current, like I said, $9 and under is a great thing. Uh, I'll start on my defense. I have two 4.0 defenders in my team. I'm basically going with the stars and the scrubs. Ooh. Because you basically want to, you know, I'm only going to start three defenders. I'm not going four wide at the back. I'm only going to play mm-hmm. three. My uh, four 4.0 punts are one, Aaron wan and mm-hmm. John Beneric. Yeah, uh, They both are nailed on. They're both going to get playing time. I think... Bissaka is a is a sleeper to be all sleeper. I think that he gets enough forward, and I've seen enough of him in the preseason yeah. to know that he's he's kind of an athletic player and he fits into what Crystal Palace wants to do on the wings. He, and he, he does, finally
1: replaces Ward, who we've been wondering for like two years who was going to eventually beat yeah. him out to that job.
2: You know, and and trusting a, a Southampton defender right now after they've given up, I think they've given up eleven goals in their last four games in the preseason is just not something you want to do. But at four for Benneric, he he's nailed on there. I mean, I don't know who else is going to play on this. You know Southampton defense. Mm-hmm. You've probably got Wesley Hoyt next to him, Bertrand on the one side, and if Cedric's healthy to start time. the season, yeah. yeah, I mean that'd be your that'd be your defense right there. And, and i They okay have the third
1: best starting schedule of any unit. So yeah. forty units because attack and defense are separate you units. Know,
2: the only other guy to keep an eye on there is Matty Target at four five. I think that is he's been sneaky good. He's got four assists in the preseason. So keep an eye on that. Also,
1: very surprised he didn't just stick at Fulham on loan or or on a permanent because that seemed yeah. to work perfectly for them. Um yeah, and absolutely. also could hurt Cessignon's value because he he was allowed to finally play strictly as a winger the second they brought in Target uh, yep. at left back. Um, yep. so a chance that everybody that's in love with Ryan Cessignon will have to deal with him playing at left back. Although he was still fairly
2: productive for a defender, just not as productive as he was. You know, when he was playing yep. as a forward. I just I just worry about Cessignon being stuck in the back because he's getting dragged there by better players. Mm-hmm. You know than the championship over yep. could be. Um, so finish out my defense. Uh, I said I have I have three higher price guys or better guys. I have Andrew Robertson at 6.0. Kevin mentioned before his ownership is getting way way up there 15.3%. Uh, that's kind of high. 6.0. Liverpool's got a an okay schedule to start, but you know what you're buying Robertson for? You're buying him because he's going to get involved in a build-up attack. That's going to put some goals on the board. Mm-hmm. My other high price defender, Cesar Aspolqueta. Listen, there's no there's a reason that if if Ke- if there's- this is the only guy. Spurs probably has the best defense when they're all healthy and all together as a team that- and anybody in the Premier League. That's just my opinion. Kevin will probably agree with me a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if you take Cesar Azpulhuacueta and put him on, on Spurs, he's probably going to start. Yeah, That's probably. What, you know, for-, for his consistency, given 6.5 price tag, I'm going to take it. He's finished in the top three in scoring the last three years, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, it's crazy. And then my other high price guy is because – Everybody else is doing it, so why not? he's got his own—he's got his own uh, league, and that's Patrick Van Einhold. Uh Listen, the goals last year at the end of the season are making me roster him right now. But at 5.5, I can basically fall in love with anybody else that I, I want <laughs> to defensively, save money, and put it up towards my my forward players because you yeah. know 5.5 is basically the jumping off point from either you're committed or you're just like, nah, I'll go down to 4.5. And and just fall in love with somebody else and basically rotate in guys that I have at the 4.0 or 4.5 range. Um, so through the midfield, I mentioned a lot of these guys in the in the in the show today. I have Leroy Sané, I have Mark Albrighton. I am going. I am part of the 52.4% most owners. I have Alexis Sanchez, uh, and I have Johan Berg, Goodmunson through my midfield. I have two punts there. I'm not too happy with it, but. Rotationally, I think Good Munson could be a, a decent play with Southampton, Watford, Fulham, first three games could be a sneaky sneaky play. And Leicester has United Wolves in Southampton, so I could basically flip flop there, depending on how involved all Brighton is in the beginning of the year. But Remember this, Kev. Everybody in the beginning of the year is only going to be in love with the roster for three weeks because guess what happens after week three? There's an international break. So yeah. guess what? We're all going to reevaluate our entire team, and everybody's going to wild card and basically start over again. Basically, whoever did good in week the first three weeks is going to be on everybody's team. And then uh, we'll have
1: a nice template for like eight weeks, and it's going absolutely. to be awful.
2: Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm currently on Sané right now. Uh, mm-hmm. His price tag is I don't know if I'm going to commit to having him. I want someone from City. Um, you bring up, you brought up great points about Bernardo Silva, and I did as well with the minutes points for minutes and stuff like that. But you definitely want someone from City in your in your lineup at all times, especially in midfield, whether or even in the forward ranks. But you definitely need somebody there. Alexis Sanchez is kind of my my shot in the dark here. Um, I've liked what I've seen from him preseason, and he, and he's kind of shut up a little bit. So that's always a good time to buy into Alexis Sanchez when he isn't pouting. Uh, Leicester, Brighton, and, and Spurs, their first three games. So you're you're paying 10.5. You basically want two goals in those three games, and you basically are getting your money back because after that you're probably going to punt them. Uh, up front is where it gets weird for me. Uh, I do not own Agüero. I do not own anybody over 7.0. Oh wow. as a striker. I have Josh King, Mark Ornatovich, and Shank Tosan as my three strikers right now.
1: Ooh, you know I've been high on Tosan this preseason. Yeah,
2: I am as well. I am also high, very, very high on Josh King right now at 6.5. I think that this is, from what I've seen of him from the Bournemouth games, he looks like he's been giving the space to be Josh King of two years ago and be involved and be the guy up top. When you look at the, the Bournemouth striker situation, is there anybody there, Kev, that that you love besides more than Josh King, Callum Wilson, Defoe? Lyon oh, is Bournemouth now? Yeah, I mean, I I will
1: a- have his moments, but I I think we we've seen when King gets regular minutes and is given kind of a focal point in that attack, what he can do.
2: Yeah, he's cra- he's crazy good. It's like when Stanislaus goes crazy. He he's either hit or miss. I think that this is the time for King to be a, be a hit. I think he's going to do it right off the bat. Arnautovic, everybody knows what he's been doing this preseason. I think that everybody's buying into what West Ham has bought over this transfer window to you know, accentuate his goal scoring. And I think that he is the tip of the spear guy. I don't think there's anybody next to him. I don't even think Chicharito is in, in the conversation here. But you know, being surrounded by Felipe Anderson, Yarmolenko has got to be a plus from what we saw from, from West Ham last year. Finishing near the bottom of the table and chances created is, yeah. is just bad.
1: And if Pellegrini allows them to, this could be a fantastic counter-attacking team.
2: Yeah. I but the only problem I worry about West Ham is they're going to have to outscore teams because they're not defensively they're not going to be stout enough Agreed. to hold teams out. You know, Crestwell is a shade of what he was 3 years ago. Yes. Crestwell is a phenomenal going forward player, but when he has to track back, he's not so good. He got exposed when he was on the England team, you know. And then you worry about the the cohesiveness in the back, you know, they brought in Asop and you know, thank God Pablo Zabaleta isn't playing anymore. That's all I got to say. Uh, Shank Tosan is my other striker. How could you not love what Everton has at the beginning of the season? Seven I'm I'm gonna buy it right now. You know, he had five five goals last year and just under a thousand minutes. If he gets twenty five hundred minutes, he's gonna score eighteen. Period.
1: Yeah. Um, on my team, obviously, we do have a little bit of a similar thing sometimes. Um, but, no. not, but not too much crossover this year, it has to be said. And part of that might be that I've kind of betrayed my own uh, philosophy to get Aguero in. Um, and now I'm worried about that based off of what Richard told me at the weekend. Um, for me at the back, um, I have a different pair of four 4.5s. Uh, Matty Ryan and Azmir Begovic. Mm-hmm. Bournemouth have to be better this year than they were last oh, totally. year in defense. They, totally. They just do. I, I don't really have anything to back that up. They just should be better. Um so uh and they do have a very very kind start to the season. And um, they got
2: Spider Rico now. Spider Rico. They
1: do, and hopefully that doesn't mess up uh, my first defender, which is Charlie Daniels at 4.5. Um then along the back line you also have Callum Chambers at 4.5, new Fulham boy at 4.5. I previously had uh your boy uh Femenya in here but still waiting to see um whether or not uh Sorry, what was I talking about?
2: Watford defense. Oh right. So
1: <laughs> waiting to see if Femenya... sorry about that. Still waiting to see if uh Femenya will fully win that job over Yanmot or if Yan will play further forward, which he did at times last season, but doesn't seem very likely because um they got De La back on a permanent um Mm -hmm. so we'll we'll see what happens there so that concern is why I shifted over to chamber so early I also have Juan Basaka I do think he starts in a 4.0 pretty much a must own instead of Robertson I've switched down to Alexander Arnold because he'll get all the same clean sheets um Robertson only had five assists last year I say only uh admitting that that is still like tied for like fourth or fifth in defender Mm -hmm. assists and that he only really played half a season um but I just needed that extra buck so that I could get Aguero in but we'll talk about that later I also have Cedric in at 4.5, has a very good starting schedule, and because I have a whole bunch of all the same price defenders, it really doesn't matter if he doesn't start week one. Um, I fully concede that defense is where the points are, but again, I really had to mess with stuff to get uh, my forwards set up, um, but as I said in the preseason, my my main point um, uh, spot was going to be in midfield, but I've had to mess with that because I really wanted to have De Bruyne, Erickson, and Salah, who very easily were in front of every other midfielder uh, in my personal ranks. Um, Sterling could get up there, but wasn't. <laughs> De Bruyne should have just had way more um, counting stats than he ended up with last season. Um, so instead of him, because we're still not sure if he's starting, I do have Bernardo Silva in. Uh, Pep told me to, so I did. We'll find out whether or not he's a liar. Um, <laughs> then also have uh, Erickson uh, next to him at 9.5. Uh have seen some people saying if... Kane isn't there for week one. Doesn't that hurt Ericsson? Um, no, Ericsson is actually very effective uh, when he's the lead man for both Tottenham and for Denmark, so I'm absolutely fine with that. Now the big one. Wrote a piece uh, over at Rasball with you there, Rob. Um, I currently do have Mohamed Salah in my team at 13.0. There are so many question marks in FPL right now that I'm willing to pay the extra 2.0 to be guaranteed a player that's going to both start and be a good captain option in week one against the weak West Ham defense that we literally were just <laughs> alluding to. Um, so he does make the cut. My Everton uh, drip of investment is in Richarlison at 6.5, listed as a midfielder. Going to obviously be playing on that left wing for them. Um, I just think he, he's. I, I'm deciding to trust in Marco Silva's Richarlison, not Watford's Richarlison. Because what he did the first half of the season under Silva was incredible. Silva left, he was bad again, and now he's at Everton. Um, It is worth noting that uh, as far as touches in the box go, which listeners of the show from last year will know, is a stat that we started to really fall in love with. Um, Only five people finished ahead of them. Three of them were Kane, Aguero, and Sterling, um, all of whom, or sorry, Kane, Salah, and Sterling, all of whom finished in the Literally top three <laughs> points. Yeah. Um, so that, that kind of gives you an indication. The other one was Zaha, who obviously missed a lot of matches. Um, so I'm, I'm all on board. Oh, and Sané, sorry. Um, that's five. I know how to count. Um, so I'm all on board the Richarlison train. Stevens is my price dump in midfield, but you raised some good points earlier. Then up front, I've had Zaha and Firmino since my very first draft. Um, and then, like I said, I brought in Aguero. <sighs> I would finally gotten over all my doubts, and then Richard put all these new doubts in my head.
2: Damn you, <laughs> damn you,
1: dick. Yeah, what are you thinking, Richard, you jerk face? Um, so we'll see what happens there. And the, the problem here is that the, the player I upgraded from and the player that I was feeling comfortable with owning was Chris Wood, who now with the Vidra news and the fact that Wood is, is still dealing with a niggling injury— Uh, makes him less viable. So that's why I said this team may not fully (laughs) represent how my team will look come the start of the season. Mine's not even close. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But we're drifting towards the hour mark, so we'll end it here. Hopefully we gave you advice on both the transfers that have happened and a little bit of advice on what could happen uh, on Thursday. But that'll do it for us
2: today. So, Rob, tell the folks so they can get at you. You can find me on Twitter at FPL underscore MNOP. Or find my writings, musing, and stylings on rasball.com.
1: Yeah, and I'm your other host, Kevin DeVries. You can find me on Twitter at Kevroff. You can find my writings uh, over at Goal and Goal Betting. Also, like I said, did a little piece for Rasball. I may be there every now and again uh, throughout the season, so check out there as well. Also, mentioned the EPL Roundtable a few times here because we have on um, you know, journalists and reporters for all these different clubs. And if there's news like you know, Aguero and Pep's issues and and how it may result in him not playing a lot of minutes, you'd rather know that than not. So be sure to check that out. The Championship Pod, also good, less helpful in fantasy, unless you're talking about guys like Bobby Reed and uh, Matty Vidra here. So anyway, that's it for us today. Thanks so much for listening. Best of luck to you in Match Week 1, and we'll catch you next time.
2: Peace!